Have you ever had to deal with an unwelcome guest? Um, I uh, can recall a time a few years ago uh, when we had a possum that got into the garage and that little bugger was showing his teeth and doing everything he could to keep us from trying to get him out of the garage. And uh, we finally scooted him out of the way and uh, he, was, he was not happy at all um, when we were dealing with him. Uh, some of the great... Christmas stories, Christmas movies have set a plot around um, an unwelcome guest getting in the way of Christmas plans in some way. Um, you might recall the movie A Christmas Carol, or really the, the story. Uh, a Christmas Carol and Ebenezer Scrooge um, dealt with the unwelcome guests of the, ga uh, the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. Um, you maybe enjoy the movie Elf, and uh, you might recall a scene or two from that movie where Buddy the Elf shows up on the uh, doorstep of his long-lost dad, and uh, he was not happy about that at all. Um, maybe you can remember the movie Home Alone, and uh, little Kevin was left um, back from the family vacation, only for the uh, two bur bur burglars, the wet bandits, showed up, and uh, Kevin took care of business with those guys and those unwelcomed guests. I can recall the movie A Christmas Story. You remember the Red Ryder BB gun, and in that movie, that after you know the presents have been opened and they're sitting back, and the the turkey is has been pulled out of the oven and it's sitting on the table just when the neighbor's dogs come running through and destroy everything and eat the uh, Christmas turkey and get scooted out of the door, um, which made the family have to go out for dinner uh, to that Japanese restaurant and they got their Christmas duck um, instead. Um, the uh, Grinch had a different problem where he really felt like he wasn't welcomed down in Whoville. And all of the Who's were enjoying all their Christmas celebrations, and he was up there feeling kind of left out and decided he was going to ruin everyone's Christmas. So if he was going to be an unwelcome guest, he was going to uh, make sure that he was. So um, anyway, the, 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 we could probably could list several more movies where an unwelcome guest was a center stage um, in the middle of the Christmas plans. But one um, pretty common thing with all of these plot lines is what was discovered is that the unwanted, the unwelcomed guest um, turns out to be there for their good and uh, was exactly what they needed. Well, last week, Pastor Daryl got our um, series called Christmas Presents off to a start when he took a look at um, the relationship between John the Baptist and Jesus. They were cousins um, and they were um, both in the womb at the same time. And as Jesus, well, Mary showed up to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who was also pregnant with John the Baptist. And there was this testimony that the baby leapt within Elizabeth's womb just at the mere presence of Jesus in the womb of Mary, um, his mother. And um, how powerful the presence of, of God was so, um, so there even when Jesus was still in the womb and how present um, and how powerful that presence was. Well, today we're going to be looking at the unwelcomed presence of God, the unwelcomed presence of God. And there is one little um, part Part of the scripture in Luke chapter 2 that we're going to read, and we find this one-liner in there that gives us a sense of, um, of this 
unwanted or unwelcomed um, portion of the scripture. Um, in Luke 2, verse 4 through 7, it says, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And here's the line, because there was no room for them in the inn. Today, we're going to be looking at a few phrases that you might hear in dealing with an unwanted guest. Here we find that Jesus is about to be born. His mother, Mary, is nine months pregnant, and now they've got to take this trip to be counted in the census. Can you imagine back 2,000 years ago having to take a, any level of trip? It's not like you had a car. There was no trains. There was no buses. There was no airplanes. You had to go by foot or by donkey and uh, to make a trip to be counted. And here she is pregnant. They arrive um, into town in Bethlehem um, to be counted in the census, and they discover there's no room for them in the inn. Well, we're going to be taking a look at a few phrases that you might hear related to uh, dealing with an unwelcomed guest. Um, the first um, is a word that you might hear, and it's simply the word, please. Please. And this is a word that you might hear from that unwelcomed guest. A lot of times, people who you are um, weary of being around... Um, you are that way because they've got need in their life. They've got some pressing need that you don't know if you've got all the goods to meet. Um, and so you might hear the word, please. Um, have you ever been in a moment when all you can muster is a pathetic please? Um, it's all you have, um, especially while traveling. I don't know if you've ever been in the midst of a trip and things go haywire. You lose your wallet. You uh, um, get yourself heading on the wrong train. You end up um, in a place you don't want to be. You have a flat tire. Whatever, the, whatever can happen and all you've got is the word please that can come out of your mouth. Uh, one time I can recall we were on such a trip. In fact, I think we were visiting my, uh, my parents. Um, we have small little kids at this time and we traveled by airplane. And uh, so it was around the holidays and we were taking one of those red eye flights in the middle of the night. And uh, we get on the airplane. Um, I think we were heading home at this time. So it was late, you know, in the middle of the night kind of a thing. Um, the kids are really small. In fact, one of the kids was so small that they were we're just in that in-between time of being fully potty trained and not being potty trained. And so um, there hadn't been any accidents for quite a while. And so um, we have them with us and um, I've got um, this child. I, I'm not going to name their names. So I don't want to embarrass them, but I've got them sitting on my lap and we are... Um, you know, everyone's kind of fallen asleep. I, um, I'm holding this child in my lap. Um, Danita's got a couple others over there and they're, you know, kind of settling down and sleeping. And all of a sudden, we're, I'm just about asleep. And all of a sudden, I realize that this sleeping little child has just wet um, their pants right into my pants. And so I'm sitting there stuck. The whole plane is quiet. Everyone's trying to sleep in the middle of the night. And now I've got pants full of 
kid's urine. And uh, if you know me, that, that, that doesn't go well. I, I'm just feeling totally stuck in that situation. And all I could look over at Danita and just said, please, please help me out here. Um, get me some clothes out of the um, bag up in the bin. Um, we don't appreciate what the scriptures meant where it says that each person was to go to his hometown. Um, we, we travel here and there so quickly. But if you were um, living back in the day and you had to make a trip, you, were, you didn't have any real convenience of travel. You just had to make this trip. And, you know, I'm sure that it could have been pulled off that uh, the government could have sent out people to do a census and to get a head count. But no, they made everyone else go back to their hometown so they could be counted. Have you ever had to wait at the whims and wait in line for um, the Department of Motor Vehicles or to get your Social Security card or some other government building you had to wait in line, they're pretty good about making you do all the waiting. Well, they had to make this trip um, back to Bethlehem. And they arrived there, and all they probably could muster was the word, please. Do you have any room? Um, we've all been there. We've hit that point where we're completely done and have no choice but to keep going. Uh, sometimes please is all we have. Maybe that student who is um, you know, just on the very verge of losing their scholarship, and they've got to pull the grades, and they ended up coming through with a 79%, and they needed 80% to keep their scholarship and they go in and they ask their professor please can you give me one more percentage point I need this I need this scholarship or that dad who's trying to manage a, a kid in one hand and a stroller in the other and the cell phone's going off in the pocket and he's trying to make his way through the grocery store in this situation and all he could muster is a please or maybe that uh, spouse who's sitting um, right next to her husband who they've been married for six years and there he is on the verge of entering into eternity and all she can muster to the Lord in prayer is a please God. Um, these are moments and there's so many of them where we feel so desperate and we've got this incredible need and um, it's at these moments that, uh, that you think, if, if only I had known, you know, if only I had known what was going on in their life, I might have had more compassion. If, if only that person um, had told me all the facts, maybe I would have extended myself or went a little bit more out of my way. And all that is communicated in that heartfelt, from the bottom of the heart pit is this word, please. I want you to imagine the real life Mary and Joseph and what they must have felt that night when they arrive into Nazareth and there's no room for them in the inn. Well, someone made room in some way for them because there was a barn of, of sorts because they laid Jesus in a manger um, because there was no room inside suitable accommodations and all they had was a please. And so my next phrase I want to take a look at here, and this is looking at it from a different perspective. Um, these are the words you might hear from one who turned away the unwelcomed guest, the one who got news later that uh, Jesus, the Messiah, had been born and laid in the animal's feeding trough instead of in a bed or in a crib that maybe you could have provided. And this is the phrase of this, if I had only known. 
if I had only known what magnitude or what situation I really had the power to do something um, with. You see, we usually do not realize the profound difference the unwanted guest is going to make in a life. Um, the unwanted guest often um, will do something inside of you that you didn't know needed to be done. Um, if I had known that she was carrying the Christ child, I would have given her my own bed. If I had known that the Apple stocks were going to do that good, I would have invested when I first got started. If I had known that those jalapenos were going to be so hot, I never would have ordered that burrito. If I had known that he really um, was that drunk, I would have taken his keys from him. If I had known there was a backup on I-5, I never would have got on the freeway. Hindsight's always 2020. We get the facts later, and then we have this revelation, if I had only known. Can you imagine what might have been going on in the mind of the innkeeper um, after he realized that even a woman had given birth in his barn? Um, what, what would have been going through your mind if you'd known that someone who gave birth to the Messiah had just given birth in your barn? Um, would it have been embarrassment? Would it have been honor? Would it have been pride? Why didn't I give them something better? I don't know what would have been going on if I had ever caught that understanding later on that I did not make proper room. Do you have moments in your past that you cringe at, that you regret? Times that you'd rather forget and you wished everybody else would too? Here's the deal. Everybody who walks into a room that you're at is dealing with something. When their presence comes into the room, there's some concern. Many of times we don't know what's going on, but there's something going on. There's some um, discouragement. There's some concern. There's some worry that fills most people's minds most every day. And so if we could filter the opportunities and the um, experiences when someone's presence comes into ours and ask ourselves, what do we think is going on in their life? How can I approach the situation to find out? Consider this. Perhaps it is our responsibility as Christ followers to have a sensitivity to what's going on in people's lives, to maybe aggra aggressively ask, hey, what's going on? How are you doing? How are you feeling? What have you been up to? Or do we rush right to business? Do we rush right to um, uh, taking care of what you need instead of being concerned about maybe what is going on in their life? James 1.27 says this, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. You see, there's this, this calling for Christ followers to be aware of the needs of other people and to do something about it. And it's not good enough for us to live with this um, excuse that says, well, if I'd only known, because a lot of times we choose not to know. A lot of times we choose to forget and to um, look the other direction. But I believe that God would call us as Christ followers to be aware of what's going on in other people's lives and to not have to say, if I had only known. So this uh, last phrase I want to look at is, can you make room? 
Can you make room in your life? Can you make room um, in your um, daily experience for Christ to move in? Um, put yourself in the shoes of the innkeeper. Um, would you have done something different if Mary and Joseph showed up at your de- doorstep one night looking for a room? Would you have made room for them um, or would you have put them out in the barn? Um, you might say, I'll always make room for Christ. I've always got room for God in my life. He's number one. He's first place. I've always got room for God. But you also might find it be challenging to have room for other people, to have room for um, some of the undesirable folks in your life or the stranger in your life. The problem is that making room for others is the only way we make room for Christ. You better catch that sentence. It's pretty important. The only way that we make room for Christ is by making room for other people in our lives. Why is that? Well, Jesus himself gave us this parable when he was talking about sheep and goats and the goats were going to find themselves um, away from God in eternity in the lake of fire and the sheep would find themselves in eternity with Christ. And one of the ways in which that is determined, and Jesus uses this phrase, and I want to read verse 40. He says, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And what he's saying here is that how we treat the people that come in and out of our lives is the way we are treating Christ. Christ puts himself right in the shoes of the people that we have the opportunity to make room for in our lives, to care for the orphan, the widow, the hurt, the, uh, or the, the foreigner, those who have need. And you will never know who God is going to put in your way. Um, We are the people um, that God calls to this high calling to make room in our lives for people. But who are the people that it's easy to make room for? Well, it's easy to make room for our spouse or for our kids, our good friends, uh, maybe the influential in society. We can make room at the table, those kinds of people. But there's other folks in our lives that really this scripture is put to the test on. The people that maybe we don't particularly enjoy, or we know that they're going to kind of suck us dry for um, something. I'd like for you to take a moment. I want for you to picture a table. I want you to picture a a table that you have set. It's going to have a wonderful meal. You're going to, you've been looking forward to this night for a long time because you've invited all of the most influential teachers in your life. Uh, Maybe it's been a a grandparent or parent um, that you've got a bunch of respect for. Maybe it's been a school teacher that you really admire and you learned a lot from. Maybe it was a coach of yours that you, um, you know, played basketball for some other sport and they were really had a lot of influence in your life. Maybe it would be uh, your pastor or just someone that you've got a lot of respect for. And you've got this table set for all of the most important and influential people in your life. And you've got this table set beautifully. And uh, you notice that there's one empty seat at your table and you're bringing out the food and someone knocks at the door. And you know who it is? It's that most annoying person in your life. It's the, it's the person that when you see them at the grocery store, you go down the next aisle over because you hope they don't see you. You know what person I'm talking about. Someone that you really don't want there. And they come in 
and they find a seat at your table. And I want to get this picture. You've got all these influential people and you've got the annoying person. And do you realize that that person belongs at that table because they are the ones that you actually might learn the most from? You've got those other teachers in your life and this one guy also is a teacher in your life. In fact, that one guy might teach you more about life than you ever dreamed possible. He's the one that builds character in your life. He's the one that teaches you to, um, you know, pick up your bootstraps and to move, march on forward and to do something that's uh, incredible. Um, he, he's the one that teaches you compassion. He's the one that teaches you to do stuff when it's hard. That's quite a complete table, but we often will leave the most annoying person out of that invitation list. What if you treated every single person you met in, in, a, in a given day as if God put them there for a reason? What if, what if their presence in your life was there because God put them there and you viewed it that way? God put that cashier in your life today. Whether, whether she says, have a nice day, or she seems annoyed because you can't find the right card in your wallet to pay for things, or you're, you're trying to um, use that machine and it's not working for you and she seems annoyed. Is it possible that God put her there regardless of how it's going? Making room for the unwanted presence is a high calling. And um, this innkeeper, we're not sure, we're speculating whether he was uh, the one that made the barn available for Mary and Joseph. We don't know um, who did it, but a question for you is, where are you making room in your life for Jesus? And in so asking that, the question really is, what unwelcome guest are you willing to make room for? Who we make room for in our lives is always a choice. And that's what Advent is all about. Advent is about making room for Jesus because really we're innkeepers. We're busy. We're full up. We don't have much extra space, especially for the unwanted and the unwelcomed. And Advent is about making room. We get flustered about how many Christmas cards we have to buy and who's on our list and who didn't send us one last year and all the things that go along with the demands of the Christmas holiday. But Advent is about making room. We make room for the people we enjoy. We make room for God. We have to be available for the moments where God interrupts us mid-stride with the one we have a hard time stopping for. You know what? Those are the moments that we end up opening our barn doors for Jesus to be born in when we make room for the unwelcome. So in conclusion, this little line, because there was no room for them in the inn, was put in the scriptures for a reason. I think it's beyond a small circumstantial detail that this verse made it into the scriptures. I think God put it in there as a foreshadow of the battle that every human heart will wrestle with. Will I make room in my heart for a guest who will come and wreak havoc in my life? Unwelcome guests have a way of infiltrating the whole space. Um, my dad says it this way. Family are like fish. They're great when they arrive, but after three days they start to stink. Because unwelcome guests have a way of infiltrating the whole house. The mess just permeates everywhere. And Jesus has the same effect on our lives when we open our hearts to him. We think we're letting him in for this, um, you know, 
tidy little space in our life. But Jesus has a way of wrecking us. He has a way of moving in to every single He starts knocking on the door in all of these different ways. And you know what? Um, I heard this line one time and it's been so impactful for me. If you follow Jesus very long, he's always going to take you to where people are hurting. That's just where he goes. And if we've got Jesus in our lives, we're going to have hurting people in our lives too. The unwelcome guest is exactly who we need. So I'm going to ask that you would pray that you would ask the Lord to open your heart this Christmas season to the Christmas presents, the unwelcome guest, and in so doing, we're welcoming Jesus. Lord, I thank you the way you um, showed up on the scene. And there's this little teeny detail in the scripture that says that you were laid in a manger because there was no room for you in the inn. And Lord, every human heart is wrestling with this question, do I have room in my heart for Christ? And Lord, we might be able to say that from some religious perspective and say yes. But Lord, to say it from the perspective that maybe you mean it, the, to mean it from the perspective that says, I will welcome the hurting into my life, that I will invite you in and it's going to infiltrate everything about me. Lord God, that's a whole nother thing that we wrestle with. And Lord, there's going to be opportunity this Christmas season and all year long for the unwelcomed to show up in our lives. And Lord, I believe that you put them there. I believe, God, that it's because you love us that you would put in the undesirable, you would put in the needy, you would put in the ones, oh Lord, that are going to stretch us. And, and God, in, in so doing, we're making room for you. So Lord, we, we don't want for you to be turned away. We don't want for you at this Christmas season, Lord, to have to be born in a manger, but rather, Lord, we want to open up the uh, master suite of our lives to you, God. We want for you and your presence to come in and Lord, that you would have full run of the place in our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name.